Hi, I'm Matt Howie, and this is Hobby Horse, and today with us is Alex Cox. Hello. Yay. Um, so, Alex, uh, let's start by talking about where people would know you from and what you're currently doing. You work for the Cards Against Humanity Complex, uh, and what, from what I can gather from your multiple podcasts is you do all sorts of things there, but um, I don't know. what What is your job title there? I mean, our our job titles are kind of squishy in that they don't really necessarily make a lot of sense, and we kind of make them up to <laughs> to uh, sound like uh, my job title is senior AV producer, and really that is so uh, I, I look more important on email signatures, but I <laughs> really I just organize cables um but you're well, kind of it's... like events manager i would think in my big ass company i work for you're kind of like events team sorta. well sort of yes and no we i started at cards as the deputy events manager um and assistant I... <laughs> to the assistant to the deputy <laughs> yes <laughs> but then eventually it, it's um you know you we all wear like a million different hats at cards um and then it became clear that oh right alex is really good at tech and stuff. Um, I was hired to actually work on, because I uh, was a film student and they were making this little documentary series called Tabletop Deathmatch. Uh, Well, (laughs) documentary slash competition sort of, and they didn't know what the word for it was, but they really needed a line producer, which is, I was like, oh, so a line producer. And they're like, okay, yep. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> that sounds smart. Let's yeah. hire you. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, I, I actually, this is the only, like, quote, real job I've ever had. I uh, They hired me right out of college. I was very lucky. And so I've been here now for... Oh, wow. Coming up on four years. And yeah, so I was the deputy events manager and then we moved into a bigger office and I started doing more production stuff. So um, whenever we need to do like a short, small video or if we need to coordinate a larger video, usually that's what I'm doing. And I also manage our studio um, and work on our own internal audio stuff if we make any. How many people are at cards like? five or like 30 or or what that's a hard question to answer (laughs) weirdly because uh when when i started it really was just like five of us in this tiny little office um and not including the eight founders who are sort of scattered around uh around the country but they're all originally from highland park illinois Mm -hmm. uh but now there's about 30 people, but that includes um, Black Box, which is the boring shipping company that Cards Against Humanity created. Uh, And so the Cards Against Humanity team is actually, if you want to like technically call, if you want to like arbitrarily separate them, the Cards Against Humanity team is still relatively small. And then there's also some people who just like work for our office. So we're still like relatively a pretty small team, um, especially in terms of like the folks who specifically work on the game. Uh, but I, I don't work on the game other than playtesting and stuff like that. Cool. And then you've got a few podcasts you're a part of. What are you doing currently right now? 
I have a podcast called Dubai Friday, which is with the Internet's Merlin Mann and my boss, Cards Against Humanity co-founder and co-creator Max Temkin. Challenge uh, yourself. Challenge. Ch- what? <laughs> no, they're challenge each other. Challenge yourselves. <laughs> uh, which I've been told is a comedy podcast or a political podcast or sure. a pop culture podcast or uh, and I really truly don't know how to define it. It's just. Um, I wanted to have a show with two people I really liked, and we put a strange um, and boring like framing device of we're going to uh, challenge each other to do something new every week. And then I have a show called Roboism with Savannah Million, which is about uh, robots and politics and like bullshitting about Elon Musk, really. Um, and another show called uh, Catholic Guilt with my friend Kara Fagan about uh, Catholic guilt. And uh, another show called, called Two-Headed Girl with my spouse um, about their transition uh, as being like genderqueer. And yeah, I have too many shows. <laughs> I will have you know, this is probably going to be good feedback for you. Someone I know who uh, harumph when we were all talking about Dubai Friday. Uh, I don't listen to podcasts. Uh, and then we explained, hey, it's a pretty good show. You should check it out. For some reason, the weekly challenge hooked this person who's never touched a podcast in their entire life. And like they ended up uh, re- uh, listening to the entire back catalog over the course of like two weeks. Like... <laughs> Like oh, mowing okay. the lawn, doing dishes. I don't know why. For some reason, they thought, oh, I, I had heard other podcasts and it was just two people talking for no reason. And for some reason, the hook, I know it's coming at like minute 55. They're going to talk about the challenge at least. <laughs> was enough to keep them hooked. And I was like, man, the challenge is like 5% of the show. <laughs> like, yeah. And we knew that going in, um, but I was sort of of the mindset like I don't want to do another just three dudes talking show and Max is very much about um you know storytelling and like why something is special um and Merlin is good at whatever he does so he was just uh <laughs> on board for anything um well and it, it came out of I don't know if you listen to uh the like precursor to do by friday which was called top scallops a top chef recap podcast with max and merlin um, i just learned this last week from this friend who got turned yep. on to podcast finally <laughs> he became a podcast truther for you guys and now he's like spidering <laughs> into every i had only heard like half of the first episode and i wasn't i think my show watching was out of sync so i just never listened to it because i wasn't up to date you know there's like three stacked up on my TiVo and I and he was like oh my god Alex appears on like episode eight and like becomes a character and like you could see the, how the wheels are turning and how it becomes like like it's like the solo uh, prequel to him <laughs> and I didn't yeah. know this until he told me last week I was like oh my god that's rad that makes sense yeah I I'd been a fan of Merlin like since I, he loves when I talk about this since when I was you were like, a child. Yeah, since I was like twelve, and um, when I started working at Cards, uh, at the time they were doing sponsorships for podcasts, but oh, we always wanted to make it uh, like we always want to make a sponsorship something interesting. And well, obviously, uh, no one wants to be like, yeah, we're going to do a boring ad. Uh, but we really wanted to do ads that were sort of tied in with the world of that podcast so for the accidental tech podcast um when john syracuse uh 
uh, ranted about toasters on another podcast, we decided, you know, it'd be great if we got him to review toasters on his current one. Or in <laughs> this case, uh, we had we wanted people to write songs about John Roderick um, of Roderick on the Line, the other po- another one of Merlin's podcasts. And so I ended up sort of being the one coordinating that. And then I got to I was like, oh, my God, I'm emailing with the Merlin man. He hates emails. And I was like editing everything down to like one sentence long. He probably thought I was a big, big butthole. Um, And then uh, Max was like, hey, I should do this. uh, We should do a recap show. Would you would you like edit that for me? And I was like, yes, yes. And I had to like bully him into I would remind him every day. Hey, are you going to do that show with Merlin Mann? Hey, are you going to do that show with Merlin Mann? And it eventually happened. And then thank God that season of Top Chef was absolutely terrible because they could never stay on track. Uh, They always had to ask me questions. And eventually they made me uh, stop. I had to stop editing myself out. So then I just became part of the show. And then Do By Friday happened. (laughs) Do By Friday, you spoke of ads. Um, It's really interesting that you guys did that Patreon thing. It seemed like a lark. Like like you guys were ad-free for, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes. And then you had to figure something out because it takes time out of your lives. And like, I just, I'd never done a Patreon before for a podcast i'd always done you know i don't know videos for mm-hmm. for occasional video producers i've never done a regular you know you guys sort of established like a new business model i mean were you guys i guess you guys are copying chapo trap house apparently um which you know i've hadn't listened to but you know i've only heard max mention it and i go look up their patreon they make like some ungodly like a hundred thousand dollars a month or something oh yeah it makes because... me want to throw up a little bit <laughs> but i mean you <laughs> good, guys good are for them, no, but... it's not too shabby it's in the thousands for you guys too so yeah that's, it's that... shocking to me um i'm still shocked uh but very pleased it's we... so much better than a fucking casper ad or squarespace <laughs> Oh, am I allowed to swear on this show? Yeah, sure. Oh, fuck. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> I put an explicit tag on it all oh, over. Good. And this is what I found out. Um, uh, a friend's Apple, his his workplaces managed Apple devices, like the IT people, had mm-hmm. blocked explicit podcasts and music from his, <gasps> like, uh, from his iPhone, from his company iPhone completely. Oh my gosh. So I had to teach him how to download Overcast so he could hear this podcast. Because I'd put explicit, like, yeah, I don't want 12-year-olds to sweat over the F word or whatever. Yeah. I don't care. But I'm sure I knew when I selected this thing's explicit. Every episode will be explicit. I'm sure this will have repercussions. But, you know, how minor could they be? And then he's like, dude, I can't load your episodes. So I get a warning. Funny. And wow. I went, fuck somewhere there's an <laughs> it you know checkbox in the like apple server settings for for it management which is amazing but uh, i guess we're not here to talk about any of that today <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk I, about your hobby of weed and i have uh, lots of thoughts about this it's a new hobby for me and i want to hear all about yours um so uh let me see you how old are you like 26 ish 27 27 and so like up there how long how long has your journey with weed been been taken on uh (laughs) well that's i mean not as long as i guess i people would suspect the reason i want when uh you were like hey want to be on the show i was like i don't have anything interesting to talk about which i still maintain uh however something that i was like oh 
I well, I hope I'm not super well known for this, but something I've become very interested in is uh, the consumption of marijuana. And I, the reason I thought it would be appropriate is because I listened to the episode of uh, Stoner that you did, which is a very good, a very interesting show about how creative people um, not necessarily use weed to create things, but just like how weed has like been a part of their lives and you talked about how you it was not a part of your life until it became legal as an adult um Mm -hmm. and i i mean the first time i smoked pot was when i was 20 years old and it was before a sufjan stevens concert uh (laughs) it's appropriate it's the most like stereotypical thing ever but i literally had never like weed was the most taboo thing for for me like it, it, it coming from a catholic school uh it was like so taboo that i remember one kid he was suspected to have had like um an eighth in his car and they were threatening to not let him uh walk at graduation like it was just this huge huge thing of like oh my god pot is so bad uh like it it was like i kind of subscribed to it in the same way that like uh people subscribe to the idea of like yep it it's definitely a level one drug like no it's super dangerous super terrible um (laughs) i mean as i said on that podcast my teen years were like doing dare just say no to drug shows as a bmx guy and uh, getting paid for it so (laughs) it was i mean the 80s was totally like sex will kill you and drugs will kill you instantly right the stupid egg commercials were just on 24 hours a day like i was i was kind of terrified and brainwashed but you know until i was in my 20s Um, i remember people in college begging me to try it and i was like no no not gonna do it (laughs) Now, my brain's up here. I'm going to go to grad school. You know, I need all my brain. Uh, I was such a dork. Well, I mean, I, I you got paid for doing dare stuff, but I won the dare bear. It was a, a <laughs> stuffed bear because I wrote the best um, essay about why drugs are bad. And <laughs> Can you do a dramatic reading of that someday on some other podcast? <laughs> I'm trying real hard to find it. Like, I know that the backup is somewhere on an old iMac in my house. Like, it, it's I'm determined to find it to the to the point where my uh, the my teachers suspected my parents what? had uh, had written it for me. Oh my god! And yeah, I wish that I was still. I, I feel like my writing skills peaked at the age <laughs> of twelve. Uh, Do you remember your but, like yeah. killer kicker or something at the end? I don't I don't remember. I think it was about I I I just remember I really wanted that fucking bear and I don't know why I was 12 years old like uh and it's probably like I, some cheesy McGruff the crime dog kind of <laughs> attempt to make a mascot but just way worse. It was oh yeah, it was just uh it was just it just had a a t-shirt. That was <laughs> that was the only like a uh, defining thing about it like n- there was no backstory it was just a bear that had a shirt hmm. that's all you were the best you won yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you uh so what are you into these days um or i guess when have you come back around to it i th- so like i said it was very stereotypical before a concert i had just started going to art school <laughs> 
because <laughs> I had uh, transferred from a uh, normal college to um, Columbia. Not the good Columbia, though, the Columbia in Chicago. That's just <laughs> kind of um, a mediocre. The Harvard in, in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, this is nice. But I never I, I was never I'm, and I'm still not like a big drinker. Um but then it was just like, oh, this is really, really nice. And I uh, it, it didn't really I, I smoked occasionally with friends like throughout college. But it wasn't until I went to Seattle, actually, when I was working at cards, I was not on the clock, uh, but I was with some of friends who may or may not work at Cards Against Humanity may or may not be my boss. I don't know. Um, but it being legal in Washington, uh, they were like, oh, yeah, let's like get some cookies or some mint mints. And I, I'd never had edibles before. And I remember trying them and being like, oh, my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened in the world. Um, were you there in the and- very first like six months of, of Washington when they had it really, really locked down? No, it was actually the f- I, I remember going to um, PAX, which is the uh, Penny Arcade Expo, like this big video game convention thing. And it had uh, it was going to be legal like a month later. And we were like, oh, darn, missed it. But it was actually pretty great because then I didn't go back to Seattle for another year. Yeah. Um, so it was like the novelty had died down. And uh, so the first yeah. six months they severely limited like um i think it was for some reason they did purely geographically numbers they did two shops per county no matter how many people (laughs) or the size of the county they thought that was the most democratic thing and so that meant there was one single shop in like south seattle uh (laughs) And then I think there was no edibles allowed for the first six months, so it was just selling flour, and it was at a crazy price. It was $60 an ounce at first, and like street, at the time, street, this is maybe 2014 or 15, I just happened to be there like a month or two after it legalized, and me and a friend were like, oh, hey, why don't we, for the hell of it, as a joke, just go, and uh yeah, it was 60, gram, 60 bucks a gram. It's like 20 on the street was black market price. Wow. And now in Oregon, it's $5 a gram because there's eight <laughs> shops in every town. But the first six months, they had way too much demand. I mean, we went on a Tuesday at 11 a.m. and there was a line. And uh, yeah, and there was almost hardly anything. The people in the shop were terrible. They like, you know, I'm like, I don't even smoke. What should I get? What's the mellowest thing you have? And they're like, I don't know, man, just pick one. <laughs> uh, and I was like, God damn it. Like someone could come in here and make a good shop, you know, but I think after a, six months or a year, they loosened it and, uh, you know, they let more of them open up and they let them sell all sorts of stuff. I'm still looking for basically the apple store of weed like i think there's some that are getting close there's a couple in portland that are really close um one super fancy over the top i go to one that's like pretty nice but more uh way into customer service (laughs) um you walk in and they they're like your golf caddy they're like hey man how's it going (laughs) and they shake your hands and they're going so tell me what you like what you're into and like um, we can talk about everything in this store and they're very large stores and like i'll take Mm -hmm. you from table to table but like tell me like a sommelier like what do you want to (laughs) taste what do you want to feel do you want your head or your body or like why are you doing this and like i'll help you out pal and like how do you want 
want to inject it. They're really nice. Uh, there's this whole line of them. And they seem to be getting more successful, and there's more and more branches of it, so I think they're doing the right thing. But, yeah, there is definitely um, – Andy Bayo went to the total um, – it looks like a Pinterest board. I mean, it's got like custom tile on the floor and, and like the lighting's all nice. I can't remember what it's called. It's in downtown Portland. It's crazy over the top. Uh, super nice. I'll... Now I'm even more excited to go to XOXO. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> well, and and the reason that I um, loved like it after like a, a big part of my job, jobby job is like being at these conventions with thousands and thousands of people and I'm very much not an extrovert um and so after like it, it, it's not always like man I really really need to get high but it was like oh hey we can uh do you want to try some of this weed candy um a friend of mine who lived there had just brought some and I was like oh this is this is lovely and after a week one of like the most stressful intense weekends of my life just having a day of being completely relaxed sort of i had never experienced that in my life ever uh and especially in and so i'm i'm also like obviously a huge nerd so after that initial experience i kind of did a deep dive in terms of like research about different strains and like different uh like what's the best type of edibles and like what's the uh, because I'm not a I'm actually not a huge smoker I'm I've just never like I've never even had a cigarette um except for one time when I was lied and said I did smoke to like hang out with a girl on her smoke break but then she clearly could tell that like I couldn't even <laughs> hail and I like almost threw up from the taste of nicotine and tobacco but uh it was like i be i my interest really came from the fact that i have been uh somewhat severe not uh, like severely to like my mildly addicted to benzodiazepines from from high school on because i i was legally prescribed xanax to deal with uh bipolar disorder and anxiety issues and I had a doctor who now, uh, because of malpractice suits, not from me, but from other people, no no longer practices because he was prescribing so much Xanax to kids. And my parents didn't know better, but I was like on eight milligrams of Xanax a day, which is like three times the amount you're supposed to be on. Oh, wow. So I didn't even realize it until like a year later, but I had inadvertently become basically an addict. Um and thank God, like, there was no, nothing, like, too bad happened. I just, uh, I found a new doctor who was very much like, okay, we need to taper this down. Um, and so that slowly, slowly happened. But it's still something I struggle with because uh, I some I have, you know, panic disorders and panic attacks. So I occasionally still need to, like, I still carry um, clonopin, which is a same thing, a benzodiazepine benzodiazepine but a little bit different than xanax um just just in case i'm and i maybe take like one a week but there's no uh more like withdrawal system symptoms like that i previously had whereas uh and so i was like just wanted to investigate how can i keep myself healthy without uh you know destroying my brain which and it, and it seems like a total cop-out uh, or people think that's a total cop out like oh yeah you like getting high because you have a headache mhm okay sure but it really was very very helpful in you know getting 
like helping me go through withdrawal when I was in, you know, my early 20s. And I'm now, I guess, in my late 20s. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) And uh, it was just fascinating that I was like, wait, this this wonderful thing that is incredibly fun, um, but also like genuinely helpful, uh, is illegal. And my whole world's view like shifted. I feel like the thing that happens to most 16 year old kids happened to me when I was 23. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I know that you guys talked on your episode of stoner about like different, ways of consuming pot and uh yeah i i mostly prefer edibles but that is a thing that you can only get reliably in uh states that have it legalized but i totally disagree i think there is in uh an iphone of of vaporizers and it is the pax three so if if people theoretically smoke marijuana i highly highly recommend that so um one thing that annoys me about, um, you know, we've outlawed research on this for decades and that everyone I know, especially older adults, just touching it for the first time, we're all experimenting on ourselves. So, like, yep. what have you come up with? And, and and my big thing in the stoner thing was, like, I can't stand the on- everything online a year or two ago was written by a daily smoker. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. all the numbers are way off and and what people described was just like not my experience at all. Um, and so like, what have you found? Like, are you into CBD stuff to mellow yourself out or, or like is THC stuff like weekend fun stuff after hours or like, (laughs) you know, like where the levels you figured out that work for you? Yeah, actually as, as my replacement for Xanax, I do, uh, CBD oil or like, uh, it's really just these little like dissolvable capsules things. Um, so like CBD people don't know it's the, <laughs> I don't want to call it the not fun part of the <laughs> pot, but it's essentially like the not as fun part. Um, I, THC and CBD both have like uh, he- healing qualities, but CBD is it, it really it won't get you high, but it'll mellow you out. And I will have that almost every other day if I feel like a panic attack coming on, or you know it. It, it I think of that as almost purely medicinal. Um, whereas you know the if if in theory I were to buy drugs in a state. Uh, like Illinois, where it's <laughs> illegal, uh, it's hard to tell what you're getting. Usually, like uh, you can go to reputable people, but it's still sort of like, you know, are you buying from this college kid or to somebody who has like this cool secret storefront? Like, there's all of those different variants. Um, and there was a like really good service in Chicago that was like a delivery service for, uh, and they would come on your bike, and it was like, holy shit, it's the Postmates of Wheat, which at people <laughs> in Washington, California, like, yeah, no shit, we've had that forever, but it was beautiful. And then it, it, uh, I mean, it, it's technically still illegal in the legal states. Like, I don't think you're you're not, you can't really sell. You can't really mm, deliver because. Oh no no no! I'm saying it's super duper illegal. <laughs> but it was it was uh, amazing, and that's they exactly. It was totally ubiquitous, and then eventually they did not get caught, but they shut down because they were basically getting too big. Yeah. So yeah. Right, yeah. and the, no, no, th- no. those have been around forever in New York City, but it's always yeah, it's it's legally problematic 
Um, so CBD to mellow you out, THC for fun. What kind of levels it's do you go for, fun. like uh, milligrammy which, wise or whatever? That's the thing. I I don't even know when it's um like how I'm doing. Like you said, it's all big a big experiment on yourself, and so I have. Oh, this is so stonery and dumb um but like a basically like a drug diary which well and and you're supposed to keep this when you're like me and you have to take uh all of these other drugs like uh mood stabilizers and antidepressants like it's a really good idea and encouraged by most doctors to just keep a list of side effects and like what happens like when you took it the first first hour versus how you feel 12 hours later so i just decided I should do this with everything that I consume, really. Um, like, I track my food. Why not track anything that I consume? Do you have, so, like, a custom air table for this, or is there an omnifocus? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's not go too far in the weeds, but I assume there's software involved. I mean, uh, <laughs> actually, I've recently been getting into Airtable. So initially it was a Google Sheet, and then it became, um, it's it's in, I use Day One, a mix of Day One and Bear. And now I have in the app, uh, app Drafts, it will automatically like uh go to a spreadsheet and yeah it's bad um <laughs> so the answer is yes i have an air table <laughs> it's good to have it's good to have a, a log of everything it's like me uh me and merlin both like got into sous vide and we like exchanged spreadsheets of like you gotta like record every time you make a steak to figure out to hone in on the perfect temperature the perfect time mm-hmm. uh and once you have like t- you've done something 10 times then you know you really get a feel for it um but I would say even in a state where it's legal and somewhat standardized and they sort of have testing here to like make sure things are what they say, it's still all over the map. And I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. strains or mixes of strains or what, but um, like I kept eating candy or cookies that were five milligrams uh, and feeling nothing. And 10 is like so high, I can't leave a couch. So I try (laughs) to hit like seven or so. And then... um, (laughs) Then I found some, like, um, these gummy candies from this one nice line in Oregon. They're only four milligrams, and they get me properly, like, buzzed like crazy without being over the top. So maybe it's, like, a seven or eight milligram on the old scale of other things I'd eaten. Uh, And it was always perfect. Like, one little cube, I'd feel fine, you know, pop it at 7 p.m., and Mm -hmm. by 8 p.m., you're feeling good, and you fall asleep by 10 or 11 and sleep like like the dead. But... The, the last time I flew, I ate the last corner piece, which felt like I ate ten of them, and it, like it <laughs> didn't like I uh, I live blogged it on Twitter for fun, and uh, but like I was out of my mind in the airport, and I was just like, oh I my ate god, one of these was this the corner of the batch? Did it get three three <laughs> cube amounts of THC in it? Like I couldn't believe it. So like this stuff isn't. I mean, it sucks that we have to experiment ourselves it also sucks that you can't really i mean even the best mm-hmm. efforts to standardize are kind of uh you know all over the map the the one thing that i've always had a complete consistency with uh is have you ever tried zoots oh yeah those, yeah. The, yeah the the it's they come in i think it's uh hard candy like, five yeah, five milligrams maybe yeah each one is five milligrams those are the ones I, that just 
one of them doesn't do anything. Two of them does too much. So oh, interesting. Yeah, I uh, in I usually take one and then. Well, no, wait. Yeah, no, I usually take two, but that's kind of when I'm like, all right, this is this is like for funsies, yeah. like going out and <laughs> whereas other people will be drinking, I'm like, ooh, I'm just happy. Uh, <laughs> or happy I think I, I hit some perfect medium with those zoots, which was take one, wait an hour and a half and take a second one. So the wave would take a while to hit me to mm-hmm. for the full 10 and I'd hopefully be asleep by that by the time that happens. Do you feel anything when you take pure CBD? Um, just, it's very hard to describe. Um, and because I've been like documenting this, it's, it, 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 the same is true of like CBD, like with different companies, there are like different effects, but in this, the only word I can think to describe it is like better. Like you just feel not even sometimes better, just like, okay. Um, and I, I actually wonder, uh, I, I haven't really talked to anybody who uses CBD that doesn't get anxious. Like, I wonder what it feels like for a perfectly normally, func- like a totally normal, normal person who has no problem functioning if they just have CBD. Like, why? I don't under, like, okay. Um, I don't think like, I'm, I'm that great of, uh, <laughs> I think I've battled depression my whole life. I took a C, I got some 100% CBD um, gummy things in there, I think 14 milligrams or something that seemed like a big number. But like, literally, if I take them in the daytime, it's just like, I can't, I mean, it's really nothing. Like, I thought I would feel great or it'd be like a muscle relaxer or something. And it's just like, huh? nothing nothing <laughs> but the only thing i've found that's great is like take one at 9 p.m and like by 10 p.m i'm exhausted and i'll sleep for eight to ten hours and i'll wake up with dry mouth that's the only shitty side effect i've found is dry mouth just i just feel terrible um ter- you know i can't drink enough water after i get up the next day but otherwise no hangover no you know no long lasting effects no no nothing but yeah like for some reason cbd just did nothing for me um and i think i have some relative anxiety all the time but <laughs> i'm glad it works for you i mean it might you, you might need to just keep up in it yeah. but it seems like it is a bit of a sedative or even like a teeny bit of a sedative for you uh i that's interesting like i the the one thing that I always try to remember, um, like it, it sounds terrible, like, ah, you're just experimenting on yourself, but I've never had a negative experience with weed, whether that be uh, like how my body felt or how I acted or like just nothing. And well, not knock on wood, but like nothing. I've never regretted like having too much weed or getting too high. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's like, oh. Man, I wish that I was able to like move off the couch. Um, but it's not like uh, I'm really not a heavy drinker because uh, I don't know. I I did not have a drink. I mean, I had like a drink at like family parties sometimes, but I really didn't drink until I was 21. And even then, I was like, eh, this is fine. But along with like having, you know, all those psych meds, it's tricky to like balance those with alcohol and you really shouldn't have it but uh with weed my doctor i I like what he said he's like theoretically i can't tell you that you should smoke weed 
But I will say that as a doctor, I've never seen any negative side effects with <laughs> with the medications you're on. And in fact, it's possible that it could you could have uh, some positive results with it. <laughs> and then I, I, of course, took that as, yeah, fuck yeah, I can do whatever. <laughs> um, but it truly has been like I, I've never been... I felt sick from weed and and maybe that is because like I'm an adult and I like my first experiences with weed were typically from like uh with people I felt safe with and from a reliable source but I, I yeah never gotten sick nothing like even when I have dry mouth I feel like better the next day because I drank so much water like it's very weird I don't know <laughs> I think uh, I turn into a babbling fool um, when I'm pretty high uh, I think I've the first time I did it I took 10 and felt like it was too much but you know after a few hours of anxiety and time not making sense everything was fine <laughs> but uh, <laughs> huh so do you get, like, paranoid? No, no, not paranoid. I mean, maybe on the plane I was a little paranoid because planes are kind mm -hmm. of, everyone's agitated and worried about dying. Um, <laughs> it, it was just, like, people making me follow rules. I was in the exit row, and I just had to do some rules. And, like, yeah. or No, I wasn't in the exit row. That would probably be illegal. Um, I just remember, yeah, like, <laughs> people, you know, barking orders at me on a plane. But no, I don't get paranoid. Um, it's just, I feel like I'm going to say something stupid, like, like drunk stuff, like, <laughs> like mm. a babbling fool or being around sober people would probably be, you know, it's going to be clear to them that, uh, I am super, super high cause I can't stop talking about ice cream or something <laughs> for 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I don't enjoy media high at all. Every time I've been super high on THC, like, I can't follow stories. Everything confuses me or I feel like I've seen it already before I've seen it. Um, I can't get that out of my mind. And I, it's it, like, I get frustrated. <laughs> like I'll be watching even the dumbest lightweight comedy on Netflix. I'll just be like, now this makes sense. I hate this. You know, like this plot is all <laughs> over the place or yeah. Or uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, just I mean, no, that makes sense, I guess. Like I mean, so many people uh, like get yeah. a little high and enjoy a comedy more so, and I wish I could do that, but it doesn't seem to happen for me. Like time is really weird. Time time is the one thing that's I definitely know I'm high when I can't tell like how fast time is going. <laughs> I think like the first hour I'm high, I'll look at my watch, I'll think an hour has gone by, I'll be doing something for a while, and I'll look down and, like six minutes has gone by. Um I'll be watching a movie going like, oh, my God, another scene. God, this is boring. I'll look down and like three minutes have passed. And uh, <laughs> and then and then later on, I'll just lose all track of time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You've never had a bad experience. That's good. Well, I, I also think it's because I still have some of that like dare essay in my bones or something where I, I don't ever like to be high around sober people with the exception actually of airports anytime i can be high <laughs> getting on a plane i will get as fucked up as possible because i really hate flying like the uh for all of the irrational reasons that everybody does um like i i can handle or rather like i i don't mind the lines i don't mind like i, I will do all that i am absolutely terrified of being in the air um Whereas I am just 
delighted if I'm and I'm like, oh, cool, I'm on a plane. I'm just going to snuggle up with my iPhone and listen to some Hamilton and everything's going to be fine. And yeah, I feel like if THC was like pumped into (laughs) all of the water at airports, maybe people wouldn't get as mad at the TSA. I mean, right, you know, or rather the TSA wouldn't be as horrific. Um, But yeah, I, I don't genuinely see the merit in getting high around sober people. But uh, I do, do. Well, actually, this is a question for you. Do you like if you don't enjoy media, what do you do when you're high? Do you like hang out with other people or is it mostly a solo experience? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, my wife will never touch it. So it's like mostly solo when everyone's gone and there's nothing like Saturday. There's nothing to do. Um uh, I've ne- I don't think I've played much video games. It's usually goofing around the internet, or I don't know what I've been doing lately. I'm trying to think. Of the last time I was pretty whacked out. Um, God, I cannot remember. <laughs> Perfect uh, weed uh, after effect. <laughs> I can Yeah, it's like I think I'll try and watch something on Netflix, and once I get frustrated, quit, and then I'll end up on YouTube, where you know you can watch something for two minutes and then jump to a thousand other things. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I can't remember what my favorite activity is <laughs> currently. Um, <laughs> I watched the Steve Jobs movie High. I remember that wasn't a bad experience because it was such a dumb movie, the last one. Um, the the Aaron Sorkin one yeah. or the Ashton Kutcher one? The sor- the, wait, the one where like the iPod is discussed in the parking lot at the very end. It yeah, was so that's stupid. the Aaron Sorkin yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> God, it was so dumb. I went and saw Kirby Ferguson, who's like Apple you know, documentary guy too. Yeah. And I was like, did you notice that I was like babbling for 30 minutes after it? And he's like, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess yeah, I probably would play video games these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess I should do. Is there any, uh, chance that Illinois is going to go legal in any time soon? I've never heard any rumblings, but I'm not there. Yeah, it, it's very hard to get a medical card here, but it is, you, you can basically, if you have really bad cancer, like not even... Uh, I don't even I don't want to say normal cancer, uh, but <laughs> like stage you, or, four or something. They don't do yeah. anxiety. I mean, that's the one that like people sort of exploit. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, if you have it's so it you can get a medical marijuana card. It's really hard. Um, I, I'm sort of in the process of getting that, but it feels less fair, honestly, um, because I'm a white person, and it's. I hopefully won't get arrested uh, for being high or uh, uh, having pot on me, which I, I don't typically like have it on me. But my big like dilemma in as an adult learning that wow, weed is fucking awesome is that um, I see. Uh, like I get to enjoy this wonderful thing that has been genuinely very good for my mental health. And, you know, I, there are obviously like uh, millions of people in prison for just having this on them at some point. And as, uh, or not, especially they also got framed for it. Yeah. Or or not. (laughs) 
and and watching you know in it like i said before i i sound like such a bitch being like yeah i can't wait for the apple store of weed whereas you know like it's it's white women who are getting super rich off yeah. of dispensaries and it's like tragic and heartbreaking so right now in chicago uh it's the big the like big fight is decriminaliz decriminaliz oh, wow decriminalization first uh, and then um and then full on legalization decriminalization is usually bad because it's selectively applied you know to mostly white people first oh absolutely that's that's but that's the thing that's where we essentially are right now like it's that's the baby steps like we're we're still at, like nobody's going to arrest you for like getting high in Grant Park or something. Um, like honestly, if they saw like this strange giant lesbian lady getting high alone in Grant Park, I think they'd be more inclined. Like, oh, do not want to go near her. What is happening? Um, Make sure she has sunscreen. Maybe that's yeah. Like, what's why? <laughs> I've never go home I've, to your family. I've never felt more privileged. Uh, and and like painfully like it's completely bogus when I um, it was legal in Oregon but there are no shops for like a year they like dragged their feet about exp- uh, uh, setting the rules and stuff and it was legal in Washington and I mean Washington starts like at the border of Oregon which is only like 20 miles away from me so I would go buy stuff in Vancouver which is the southernmost city uh, and then drive home and it's in my car and I'm like if I get pulled over, it's totally fine. Yeah. This is so fucked up that there's like 200,000 dudes probably in the state sitting in a pen over the same thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, I forgot a can of those zoots in the bottom of my truck for two years. And I just realized, oh my God, I've been driving around with this in my car the whole time. And that's fine. Um, like, yeah. God, that's messed up. I mean, I think it's going to be... If we're demanding full legalization plus justice for anyone incarcerated, like that's maybe that is the most sane demand to make. But I could see mm-hmm. that being the tall order for new states. Um, and I think all the early states luck out like Washington lucked out with like trying it. It seemed kind of wild. Same with uh, Colorado. And um, and I think like it's hard to get you a medical license because of like it was Dr. Nick in the back of the um Willamette Weekly, like the the, the <laughs> alt weekly would just be like, have anxiety, just say you can't sleep. We'll give you a call. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a like a you know, it's a rotating door sort of policy and anytime uh, like a local TV station would do like an expose of like trying to get a medical card for someone and they'd show how ridiculously easy it was like legislation would come down like a month later like yep. like lock mm-hmm. this shit down stop letting people have this get out of jail free card etc but yeah I mean it's so obvious that you know me since I was like 28 or 30 when I just realized this is a this is a plant it's mostly harmless you can't overdose on it um mm-hmm. Even among people with addictive personalities, you know, they do, may do it a lot, but they could, you know, everyone could seem to physically stop it at any time without much ill effects. Like, it's so ridiculous. And I think it's the thing of like, whatever, a kid's born in the summer of love or in their late 60s. And, you know, if you're 18 in 1968 and uh, 1969, you're like 68, you know, you're born around 1950. Like, you're going to be in that voting block of people who are going to help finally turn this. Um. It's really, 
interesting to see how, like, this is sad, but I I think it's going to be like the white suburban mobs who turn this around. Like the seeing how, especially like with the, um, you'd think like with the opiate crisis, uh, people would be more afraid of weed, especially in, well, in Illinois, in the Chicago suburbs, like heroin is a huge problem in like very white communities, Hmm. uh, which is, yeah, it like, for some reason, there's like heroin epidemics in in Naperville, Illinois, like we're really close to where I grew up. Um, and then like people are learning that, uh, oh, it it's because they couldn't get access to weed. They it was easier to find harder drugs. It, it's so fucked up and sad. Um, I mean, there's meth everywhere in Oregon. Meth. I mean, Oregon is like the meth capital, but uh yeah, I would think you'd want weed everywhere as like this mild, silly version of, you know, meth or anything harder. Like, hey, guys, you don't have to ruin your lives. You can just mess up a movie for two hours. Like, that's the worst <laughs> that can happen. Yeah. I, in the, I mean, luck, luckily, um, my brother, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer at the beginning of this year and Luckily, it was stage one, and hopefully he's going to be fine, but that was the first time uh, my mom, uh, like, well, it was the first time that I realized that my mom knew that I enjoyed weed, Um, and she actually tried to go through the steps for my brother to get him uh, a, a medical card, because chemo, when it works, when it's working, and especially towards like the end of chemo, it's like it's even worse because as the cancer cells are dying, then it's just attacking even more healthy cells. So my brother's doing like well in the sense of like he's hopefully going to be cancer free, but he looks so so he he looks like he's about to die and and is just in so much pain constantly and. Uh, he he has like uh, he takes like CBD gummies, but by the time he gets his medical marijuana card, it he'll be ho- hopefully cancer free. And that was the first time I was like, oh yeah, it, mom, here, like reach out to this group. And we realized there's this big like a huge network of moms across the country who are like super into getting their kids weed, oh, nice. which is. Yeah, right. Um, it's like a social justice thing at that it, point. It kind of is. And then they're like, why? It, and it sort of morphs in, into that when you talk to, you know, uh moms who are they're like you're trying to get weed for your sick kid and you meet a mom who's trying to get their kid out of jail because uh because they had weed on them and it's uh it, oh god it sounds so like stereotypical but like i feel like this is like the thing that's going to bring people together and like okay we're gonna get kids out of jail and like Man, I and like research is going to be put into this. Like, I would, I would actually love if there was a pill I could take every day that I knew exactly what was going to happen and it wasn't going to get me high, but I didn't necessarily need to like take Prozac or it would like help uh, with lithium and just. I, I really want that nerdy science aspect to get to come out of this, like. Uh, and I know with that is going to come a lot of folks who are like going to be peddling like the Alex Jones type powders, <laughs> like the really shitty like low THC, low CBD, but like a bunch of sugar candy. But 
I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> we'll see. I think we'll get there. I don't know if we're going to do it under the current uh, climate, but man, it feels... I mean, I, maybe... Here's the th- here's my <laughs> hopeful theory. Like, what if people are just so... Like, white people get so disenfranchised and they're like, we fucked up so bad. And then they're like, you know, it would really help if we just all relaxed. <laughs> and then we're like... Hmm. This is interesting legislation. Um, but also, it seems like the current administration really likes amphetamines, so maybe they're hmm. less inclined. <laughs> even uh, even more discouraging than the Obama administration. <laughs> it sounds like I'm high right now, and I'm not. And that, that's the other thing is people have told me I'm much more coherent uh, when I'm stoned. Yep, because I'm less nervous. Unless I'm not mm. shaky, I'm not <laughs> awkward. It's and that's a novel reason to enjoy it. But yeah, I've, thanks, I've, friends. I guess. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like uh, the, so. To wrap this up, I think uh, we should probably give some people some tips. <laughs> what have we learned? <laughs> I mean, Move to a state where it's legal. There's, what, six now, maybe five? I don't know. <laughs> Find I mean, a friend yeah. who lives there and can mail you stuff. and <laughs> Go to XOXO or to all of the fun conventions in Seattle. In California, uh, I walked into a place in San Francisco the other day. It was great. It was simple. Like so, California's um, on the train too now. Colorado. Oh, really? I thought it was just medical. No, uh, it just passed. You never know. So it passed last November, and then you never know when it's actually going to get enacted. And I think it happened. I'm thinking April first or something like that. They finally got their rules together and started opening up shops. I was. It's not. It's not Oregon. You can't walk down any street without seeing a sign, a sign spinner, like people begging people to buy joints for five bucks, etc. And uh, in California, it's like I walked up and down Mission twenty blocks and I saw two shops um, and ducked into one. And I, I mean, it was a tiny, tiny little sign. They must have rules against it. Because um, Oregon's pretty cheeseball. <laughs> it's like every vape shop turned into a recreational shop and has the taste and level of a vape shop um, for the most <laughs> part. But uh, yeah, let me see. California's pretty big, <laughs> fourth biggest economy in the world, so pretty big state. Is it bad that I'm trying, now I'm looking to find places, if, let's say like, I was going to be in town for WWDC, and now I'm like, oh, it looks like there's only medical. <laughs> there's got to be. I- <laughs> maybe they're not allowed to advertise or they haven't hit Google Maps yet, but um, there are recreation. They'll say recreational right on them to separate themselves from medical because most states enact rules that you can't be both. Like, you can only be one or the other. <laughs> 420 evaluations. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so WWC, you'll be in business. There's got to be places in San Jose. <laughs> well, again, that's the thing. I guess like, you I, technically I, can't fly with it, so you got to eat it all while you're there. <laughs> not a problem. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I've been like trying to straddle this line of me being like, well, but it's good for health, but it's good. And like that's uh, – I don't want to be like, yeah, it's a great medicine because it is, but also it's – so fun and it's just uh my my partner uh doesn't drink and it that was another thing that sort of ramped up my usage and enjoyment because it just i don't know it's like the nerdiest 
drug. It's from a fucking like a garden. Like that's what I want <laughs> is a tiny garden and to to make we to grow weed and make like nice cookies for my neighbors. <laughs> and your partner uses they they get it. It's fine for them. Oh yeah, it it in fact helps quite a bit. Uh, l- luckily, they f- discovered their alcoholism like regu- re- relatively early in in life. Like uh, they've been sober for a few years, um, and it apps it like helped with uh, the withdrawal symptoms. It helped with everything. And like, I don't want people to think that pot is this like wonderful miracle cure for everything. Like a lot of people will have you believe. Um, like I don't want kids to I like twenty one and up I think is a good a good age uh, maybe eighteen and up if the drinking age uh, becomes eighteen but uh, I don't know it's just so <laughs> much safer than everything yeah. and uh, like I like. I don't want to people to think that because I've never had a bad experience, it, like you probably will have a bad experience if you are listening to this podcast and think, yes, I'm going to go out and have 20 milligrams of delicious weed candy. Like, don't don't do that. Um, but it's just so much. You're not going to get hung over. How many? Yeah. How many people who drink have ever had a bad experience? Like everyone can name. Yeah. Them. Like I've Me had the at worst. WWDC every year. <laughs> yeah, I've had the worst experiences at a, uh, at Max FunCon, the mountain retreat, where apparently five thousand feet and alcohol and me just do not mix at all. Oh yeah, uh, it is like it's practically lethal. Like I, 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 I mean, I feel like I got to alcohol poisoning levels pretty quick. Oof. But yeah, weed's harmless. It's fun. It's medically. Um, helpful in a lot of cases. Also, there's no problem having a little fun. But yeah, I, I also feel the same way. Like I feel like 19, when your brain is about done forming, would be the time I would even begin to think about it. Like I feel like um, a 15 year old smoking weed seems pretty fucking dumb because <laughs> yeah. like your brain chemicals are still forming. You don't want to fuck shit up. Like um, I don't know. Waiting till. 2021 seems totally legit to me um and i feel fine touching it after 40 i don't feel any different you know i don't think i can Mm -hmm. do any damage i haven't already done but um yeah i mean i i'm very grateful like uh you know again first time 21 but didn't really touch that or alcohol um until i was like 24 and was like oh this is this is this is really nice so i'm glad it's something i discovered in my adulthood like I, I don't know. It's 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 like any sort of vice. Just don't be a big dummy. <laughs> That's my hot tip. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> be chill. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot for your time, Alex, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks again to Fireside.fm, the uh, podcast host for this show, and uh, just a great, simple-to-use uh, app for podcasting. If you're into it, check it out at Fireside FM. Thanks. Thanks.